0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Tales of Recovery. This is Gris Alves, your host. And my guest today is Hano Galindo, a local yoga teacher who I deeply admire and love taking your classes. And I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate you uh, taking some time to talk with me.
0: Oh, yes. I think um, I've been really interested in hearing about just your process and how you got to, you know, um, well to the point where you're at where i i mean i've been taking yoga in san diego for 20 years mm-hmm. right lots of different teachers traveling everywhere but when I, when we finally went to your class i was like no way <laughs> dude this is yoga wow you know uh-huh. um and so i mean not that the other yoga teachers out there are good of great, course of course but i connected with this energy which is why hano and i are going to be actually collaborating in a re- retreat here coming up in may mm-hmm. Uh, open to everyone, men women. It's not specifically for couples, but it's for everybody. Absolutely. And I'm really excited to have you come and hold, uh, you know, the masculine energy, which I feel you just balance so well. You
1: know? Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. I mean, it's it's been a long time and, and I've always felt very blessed and fortunate to be able to share my craft and and. and sort of study yoga in this way to be able to teach it and, and learn every time I do teach um, and yeah I'm really excited to be able to be down in Mexico with you and yeah and like share that energy in that space with you and, and and bring some of that masculine positive energy Jeez. to that environment yeah
0: um, especially because like the way uh, I guess maybe just the way I grew up you know in like Mexican and Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean a lot of men go to yoga now, but it's been it's really beautiful to see and I see it and I've seen it kind of even in Julio mm-hmm. kind of my partner absolutely that this shift that's happening where yeah, you can soften But you're also the strong, you know Fuerte, o sea, this, this strong power. is not like you're so anyway, we'll be doing a lot of that work at the retreat and yeah. maybe even talking about it here today, but mm-hmm. to get started can you tell us, like, where you're
1: from? <laughs> How yeah. did you get to yoga? Though? Yeah. I mean, I'm born and raised from San Diego. Okay. Um, I grew up in Bonita, uh, Chula Vista area. That's where I'm at now. Um, my story with yoga is really interesting. Uh, I was a musician first and foremost, uh-huh. and that's uh-huh. where I started. Um, I was playing drums um, in, like, marching band and high school band, and um, I went off into college and did some professional marching drum corps stuff. And so when I was playing, I realized that at a point my body started to take over. Mm. And, and from that point, it's sort of like the aha moment, where I could see myself breathing in a certain way, my body was sort of like, doing things on its own to sustain the sort of level of uh, energy that I needed to be able to to play at that at that level. So that was sort of my first aha and awakening. Um, From there, I started doing breathing. And meditation and this is like when I was maybe 18 19 17 18 19 around that very age young. mm-hmm um, I always had a really strong spiritual background and always felt very strong connection to spirit um, raised religious Catholic mom and all that stuff but never really like identified with it resonated with it um, so once I stopped playing music is when I really got into yoga Um And it started with the breathing, started with the meditation. I had a little book that I found is a Deepak Chopra book. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of it, it had um, two pictures of sun salutations. And I would just do them in my backyard. Um, At this time, I was living in Los Angeles. And every day, I would just wake up, do some breathing, some meditation, and um, some movement in my backyard. And that was it. I moved back to San Diego. um, And at that time, I ran into my um, really good friend that I grew up with. His name's Christian. And, the guy you go to Bali with? You? Yeah, he yeah, lives yeah. in Bali now. Um, and he was opening up the Chula Vista Yoga Center. And at that time, I had never taken a class. like, I would never been in a studio, never done anything like that. And so he's like, hey, I'm opening up a studio. You should come take class. And I was like, perfect. Like, I've been practicing. And so, like, there was a period of time before the studio opened that he kind of took me um, under his wing and taught me a lot of things and showed me a lot of things. And what I realized was that, like, it was very natural for me. Right. Um, So at that point, like he invited me to take the very first class before the studio opened and um, it was just a group of friend, a group of friends and um, at the time it was Bikram yoga, so it was hot yoga and they kind of wanted to test out the room and test out the space and everything. So when I took that class, I thought I was going to die. Pretty much, you know, like it was like so hot, so hot. again, like i would never taken a class before. And so that was my first experience, like yoga in a class. Mm-hmm. And um it was pretty much like survival mechanisms sort of kicked in. Right. And mm-hmm. so like, but I made it and I made it through. And then at the end of that class, like finishing up, I was like, I've never felt this way before mm-hmm. in my body. Mm-hmm. And so there's something here that like I've kind of already known. But this really like solidified for me that there's. A lot to be explored. Um, so, from that point, um, I started taking classes every day and I would go to take his classes. And um, I remember sitting or laying in Shavasana. And at, at this point, like uh, we can go into it a little bit more, but at this point in my life, I was at like, a really dark place mm-hmm. drugs, alcohol, all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff, and, and didn't have any direction, didn't have any sort of like path forward. And so, I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and so I'm listening to my friend teach class and I'm like, I could do that. I, f- I felt very called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I told him and I was like, Hey, like, I'd love to go and do the teacher training. And, um, he's like, please, I need all the help I can get right now. It was just him and his girlfriend at the time. And they were doing all the classes. And so, uh, it was about a four to six month period between the time that I decided to go to training and when the training happened. Um, I moved to Los Angeles, did the training. It was nine weeks. We can talk about that in detail later on. Um, The training, you did it in L.A.? I did it in Los Angeles with Bikram himself at that time. It was 2003. Mm -hmm. Um, It was the most intense, insane thing that I've ever done in my life. I'm super grateful for it. Uh, I graduated on Saturday, moved back to San Diego on Sunday, and taught my first class Monday. (laughs) At the Vista U.S. Center. Center. And then from that point, I've been teaching pretty much every day for the last 20 years
0: yeah
1: and so um it's been it's been an amazing journey met incredible people and been a part of so many s- stories and so yeah. seeing where the next twenty years go
0: i know well hopefully you stay around i'll w- i'll be here <laughs> yeah so the 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 brickham yoga teacher training mm-hmm. i mean because that's not what you teach now. It's right? not. So how mm-hmm. is it? I mean, I remember my first breaking yoga class. Mm-hmm. I was, I got in trouble for stepping out of the room.
1: Yeah.
0: I was like, I can't. And yeah. the teacher was like, You step out one more time. You can't come back in. So I just, you know, I stayed. Yeah. But it was so hot. Of course, I went back. something, for saber, no, I yeah. can't do this. But, um, how, like, if you want to tell us a little bit about that training, mm-hmm. but then also how did it evolve to now?
1: yeah you know yeah the training itself was intense so the studio at that time when we when chula Vista yoga center first opened up it was the bikram it was a bikram studio Um, and so that's what that's what we were practicing at that time Um, and that was my first again experience with yoga in a studio space Um, and so when i did that training it was like insane insane we had 250 people in our training um, at this time, it was like when it was pretty much the height of its popularity. Um, 250
0: people in the same room? In the
1: same room. Okay. It's a huge space. A that space is no longer there anymore. It was on La Hienegos Boulevard um, in Los Angeles, uh, in Beverly Hills. And um, people would come from all over the world to do this training. Like, it was really popular. And so you're in this room, and at that time, like, the room was even hotter. Like, what what I was used to was, like, maybe, like, 10 degrees hotter. So, like, maybe 100. 715 degrees wow. um, people sweating and we had to do two classes a day every single day so I had to move to Los Angeles for nine weeks and this wasn't like a 200 hour training there was no hours at that time so it was just basically like uh, they called it like the, um, the Beakram the boot camp or something like that and um, so he would have us there sometimes for like 12 to 14 hours every day like sometimes we would go home like 2-3 in the morning wow because you would just want to like lecture us and torture us. He called it the Bikram Torture Chamber. That's what it was, the Bikram Torture Chamber. And uh, you know we do two classes every day, lectures, posture clinics, um, and then Bikram would just kind of take over in the evening. And sometimes it was beautiful. Like he'd sing um, or he'd just talk about his, his time growing up in Calcutta. But um, all in all, it was a very amazing experience for me personally. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of um, stuff that did occur during my training and, and trainings before and after that were um, not ideal. And that's a whole different podcast.
0: Controversials. Yeah, all that yeah.
1: controversial stuff. Um, I didn't see a lot of it, but I knew that it was around at a later time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was weird because like there were a couple times like we were in training. And um, just as an example, there was like one time when I came into a posture clinic and there was Bikram sitting in the middle of the room. And there was a line of girls behind him waiting to like comb his hair. Oh
0: my God. Yeah.
1: It was weird. And they would just like go up and just like comb his hair for a few minutes. And they would all just wait in line to do it. And I was like, oh, that's bizarre, but okay, <laughs> go ahead. And so, like, you'd hear stuff like that. And then, you know, you, and then obviously like the stuff that went down, went down. And um yeah. that's neither here nor there. I've... See, no, no,
0: that's a yeah. part. That's what a different thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, so I got a lot out of that training, you know, like, I just kind of stayed in my lane and kept my head down and did did what I needed to do to get certified. And then, like I said, I, I finished, and then I came home. And, and when I went into that training, like, I knew I wanted to teach.
0: Hmm.
1: And I know a lot of the times people go into trainings where they're like, Oh, you know, I just want to learn more about yoga. or want to deepen my practice. But for me, like, I was like, I'm going to teach. This nice. Yeah, this is my thing. So I definitely had that sort of mindset. Going in and coming out.
0: Is that what you started to teach? Yes. Now? Yeah. And then how did you evolve to vinyasa mm-hmm. other
1: forms of? So Christian at that time was also studying other forms of yoga, and so he was like my teacher. You know, he was like my best friend. I grew up with him. We were childhood friends, and um and he and again like I said he took me under his wing, and he took me to study with like Tim Miller, stronger Yoga up in Encinitas, okay. and then he took me to New York to study with Dharma Mitra, um, and so we got a lot of different. A lot of other styles of yoga mm-hmm. um, at that time. And so um, I really resonated with Dharma. Uh, and, and I really like learned a lot from him. And so I've sort of modeled my teaching somewhat after him, mm-hmm. so to say, mm-hmm. energetically. Um, and he, you know, he taught vinyasa yoga, when we would study with Tim Miller, or Shtanga, we would do primary series and then we would go up on Thursdays and they do sort of like an improv class, which is sort of like the birth of Vinyasa yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was really, really fun. And from that point, that's sort of like where it took off. And then we decided to change the studio from Bikram to Vinyasa. And then from that point, it was like, we're teaching what we want to teach. It wasn't like we we weren't teaching the Bikram yoga where it had to be the same class every single time.
0: Right, yeah. That's interesting to hear that. Like the improv is kind of where vinyasa came from, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for people that, that are listening, that maybe aren't like a hundred percent familiar with yoga and why yoga works. I mean, my experience really is that I've done yoga on and off since I was nineteen years old because mm-hmm. I did a lot of theater and music, so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'll do yoga. And then, um, but I wasn't like it wasn't like a consistent practice until about maybe fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. That I realized i um, no, I can't live without this. Yeah, something happened with my body, something happened with the breath, and I didn't really mm-hmm. understand why, which is why then I started to do the trainings. But could you kind of maybe explain uh, how or why it works besides the, the obvious, right? You're mm-hmm. breathing to movement, you're mm-hmm. you know, you're cognitively connecting to certain parts of the body, so mm-hmm. you're in the present moment. But so, what is <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a a very interesting question. I think, I don't know if there's a very simple answer, but there's a couple things that people can consider, which would be that yoga is a form of movement or modality, right? Different than other forms of exercises, where the purpose and the intention is to bring you into yourself, which means that yoga identifies with every part of who you are as not just a human being, but a being, meaning that it taps into the energetic, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, and the physical. So there's sort of five parts that all combine together to form who we are as people, as human beings. And yoga is the only modality that really addresses each part of those things. And the beauty is that it does it kind of all at once and without people really even knowing that it's that it's happening. So in in Asana, you know, yoga has, you know, when you look at yoga, yoga is much more than just physical postures. Um, There's eight limbs and we get into a lot of that stuff. Um, When you go into deeper, like you said, trainings and so on. Um, But Asana itself uses the physical body to tap into the mental, spiritual, physical and emotional. And it's sort of like a vessel or a vehicle or a tool. Um, to get into those parts of who we are, and potentially untangle, unbind, mm-hmm. release um, certain things that may have been in there that we are not aware of, um, and so that's why it has such an impact. And I, and I, and in my experience, it has such an immediate impact. Like I said, when I took that first class, like I never felt anything like that before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm and 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 i think that's a that's a that's a benefit of yoga is that like people come into the class and they leave feeling a certain way and they don't really know why or how or what but they just feel better mm-hmm. and so that to me is like the beauty of it it's very simplistic um but but again like it's because it's tapping into physical spiritual mental f- emotional and energetic all at the same time
0: yeah and it's interesting how you don't really I mean, so, it sounds so simple, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't know, maybe I just like to complicate things, but that's, I always wanted to know specifically why, 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 and then now, you know, 20 years later, however many years later, I realize I don't even care why. Yeah. All I know is it works. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, like you guys, I know you're doing the yoga teacher training here mm-hmm. coming up in uh, March.
1: Yes, right? we started March.
0: In South Park Yoga and Chula Vista Yoga Center. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, if you can tell us a little about that, but I just want to say first that when I took my first yoga teacher training mm-hmm. many years ago, it was like a parte aguas. I was really struggling with, well, of course. I got to yoga more, like every day. I used to do yoga here and there uh-huh. when I was pregnant, all my life, yoga yep. But really hardcore when I was just really struggling with all this stress at work. Mm-hmm. I worked for the Federal Public Defender's Office and it was such Oof. an intense, you know, like everyone coming across the border, illegal immigration horrible. Mm. And we were helping them, right? We weren't prosecuted, we were helping them. Sure. So I started to go like yo yo. But then I was just I hit a wall with I guess a little bit of the existentialism of like what is happening with all of this spiritual mm. I also grew up Catholic mm-hmm. and I was kinda of struggling with is it real? Is it not real? But mm. you have the kids and all your family's like, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I, I don't really know. Like, who cares, you know? Yeah. But when I did my first yoga teacher training, mm-hmm. I really was able to, I already kind of knew what was up, but in a yoga teacher training, uh-huh. I really connected to, just this knowing yeah it was beyond the philosophy it was beyond the teachings the teachings mm. are c- a common sense mm-hmm. you know yeah. clean up the inside don't be an <laughs> asshole <laughs> yeah. right very much so but um th- it was so transformational for me mm-hmm. to be in there nine weeks just practicing and reading and practicing and meditating and really getting into this um i guess como uh what do you call it like not a technique but a we do things every day. A habit. A, a habit uh-huh. of realizing, like, everything's brighter. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not in, you know, I can hold space even when I'm in a bad mood. I'm not yeah. losing my, I'm able to realize, no, 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 you breathe. I really held the breath through that horrible pose so I can mm-hmm. breathe through this intense moment. So mm-hmm. I really recommend, even if, I mean, I always knew I wanted to teach today. Yeah. But even if you don't want to teach, it's yeah. such a beautiful space for coming in and having this transformation yeah Right.
1: W- when did you do your training and where
0: uh well i did it i did several okay I did one in core power yoga okay i think it was in 2016 or something like uh-huh it. and then the second one i took it with i did the 300 hour oh at wow. Miramisa college uh-huh but then i also took another 200 hour with yoga nanda from playa del carmen with oh wow yeah wow and that's they remind me of you <laughs> you know these teachers sure like the first class I took with her I was just blown away because core power yoga is great yeah but it's more like exercise sure and you know Mermaids College was good but it was also like whatever yeah <clears throat> um you know I need. I wanted to get the 300 hours and I wanted to practice and I wanted to have to practice yeah but when I did the one in Mexico with these teachers I mean it's because I'm Mexican I don't know these guys <laughs> would go back and forth to India and mm. they're just so I took the first class with her and uh-huh. it just blew my mind because she does a lot of breathing like you do sure a lot of meditation in between uh-huh. and when I ended I think she just saw me and she turns to me <laughs> and she's like is es yoga wow I was like oh my god I thought it was in core power you know and, yeah you know all props to core power but it's, of course however you enter yes even if it's through goat yoga of course <laughs> you know but um yeah but yeah so that's when I realized this is so much more profound yeah you know when it's uh, people complain that they can't do it because they see all these ads in the magazine mm-hmm. pull up and it doesn't matter yeah you you might get there you might not yeah but just show up of course right yeah show up to <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I mean that's 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 what I always say the hardest part is showing up yeah. um you know for the people that aren't familiar with with the Chula Yoga Center for example um we're on E Street which is a very busy street mm-hmm. um and so there's cars driving by that studio all day long every day and so I would hear so many times I've driven by this space so many times and I've always wondered what's going on and there are people who come in for the first time you know and it's like I finally decided to to come in, but I've driven by this place for years and like, so you hear that thing, but and so like yeah, you're right. The most important thing is to just show up, and I always tell people when they're in the class is like, do the best that you can today, and and you know what I mean, and just you're you're gonna get the benefit no matter what yeah. by you being in that space, whether it's just energetically, whether it's emotionally, whatever is going to occur for you is going to happen. Um, and and there's not a lot of effort that needs to really happen. Um, but yeah, I think that like there is something that's profound that that does happen in the practice with with a lot of people and it it is something that forms a habit because you, feel like you're achieving something beneficial for yourself. You're really doing something good for yourself. Um, And I think that's why people come so often and so consistently. Um, And yeah, like you're only going to get so much out of a class that you take at a studio for an hour. Um, And so that's why it is important if if you are interested in learning more about what yoga is and what it provides and, and the real intricacies of yoga, um, I always recommend doing teacher trainings, and yes, we are having one coming up in March, um, and this is going to be a unique one. I've I've done, um, I, I've lost count, but I think that this is like my either 17th or 18th teacher training that I've wow. done, um, and I've certified hundreds of people, and and like it's amazing to see the sort of like places that that these teachers reach, and and I always tell them, you know, when they're in the training, they're like, I say to them like. I'm only going to be able to get to so many people. Right. It's up to you to get to the people that I'm not going to get to. And and like, just like my teacher would say that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a beautiful thing to see people really take up that call and, and go out and create, you know what I mean? Um, following and, and, and really like take the teaching to heart. You know what I mean? But yeah, there's, there's something to be said for like teachers that have a certain level of authenticity and, and I think that definitely comes with time and experience. You know, I mean, this is 20 years for me. And so right. I've had plenty of time to practice what I'm doing. So yeah. I think that there's something to be said for that. Anybody does anything for that long, they should have so, a sense of what they're doing. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's been it's been amazing to see people go through the trainings and the transformations that they go through and then to see them really like carry on that sort of like that flag. Yeah.
0: So you do, like, one weekend in South Park, one week, one week in South Park, one week in Chula Vista, or how does that work?
1: Yeah, this is going to be unique. So, like, this is the first time I've ever done a training at two studios, which is amazing. I'm really excited okay. about it. Um, and, yeah, we're going to do nine weeks. And the way that we're going to schedule it will be at Studio A, which would be, let's say, Chula Vista Yoga Center, Friday, Saturday, and then South Park Sunday. Okay. And then the following week will be South Park Friday, Saturday. And is Sunday, so we'll be at both studios each weekend.
0: And remember, when you take a yoga teacher training, mm-hmm. you get access to the studio. So you absolutely, have, you can get you get to go to all the other classes.
1: Yeah, part of the training is yeah part of the training is people have to take sixty classes throughout the nine weeks, and you get a membership to both studios. Um, for that duration of time so you'll have access to a lot of teachers and just real quick as a plug we have our information meeting coming up this saturday at south park studio free to attend we just kind of go over the curriculum and all that stuff um and that'll be at 11 a.m come by ask questions and get um more information on the training
0: and this saturday i was checking the calendar is the 18th the 18th Saturday, february 18th yeah come by here in south park correct yeah um you know Another thing that I that I thought was really really cool and I and I think this is amazing because I come from a background of Catholic mm-hmm. but I always thought it was a bunch of baloney so I always <laughs> reveled. I always thought no 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 mm-hmm. but if, you know the programming is deep of course so no matter what you were still like well just in case yeah, I'm about I'm like, yeah. right <laughs> yes uh, and then I got into like you know different philosophies and meditation mm-hmm. and, um, and then I fell back into it a little bit when I had the babies because you know sure. And then I came back out of it. Um, but I always thought that it was really, I think what people are seeking is community. Mm-hmm. You know, Because for us, like going to church was like, well, we're all going together. Yeah. And we're going to hang out. And there's going to be great music. And then the preacher would start talking. And I was like, oh, my God, what are we doing here? But then afterwards, <laughs> it was so fun. Yeah. There was a picnic. And was this and yeah. Like um, and so when I saw that you did these church services, or, or Sunday services. Sunday services. Sunday service. Yeah. And, and, you know, Marcela posted it and I saw the drumming and I was like, mm-hmm. no way, we got to go. So Hula and I went to your Sunday yeah. service, yeah, which I thought was fabulous. Yeah. Can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah. So this was an idea that it sort of like was something that I took from my teacher, Dharma Mitra. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would do like these things called like Mahasadhana, um, where it was just like a, a celebration. Yeah. It was like, you know, he, he he came to he came actually to our yoga studio. Dharma Mitra is a beautiful, beautiful soul. Um, he's, I think, 83 years old and lives in New York. Yeah. And yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's amazing. I'm actually I'm actually gonna go take class with him in uh, two weeks. I'm really excited about right. that. But he came to Chula Vista and he did like a, a workshop at our studio. And so he taught a class, and the class was like two hours, and he did a talk, and it was beautiful. And then after was like this whole like celebration where like everybody was just in the room. We had kids and like people, just like random people. And we had all these mats set up, and so everybody could just jump on a mat and just do whatever they wanted to do. So it's kind of like you could show off and do some really cool stuff. And then we had drummers there, and so like... And that's where the idea obviously came from and so from that point I just decided to kind of create this um honor sort of towards him with the Sunday service and um I start with sort of like a talk and we do just kind of a little bit of like some of the same stuff that we talk about in a teacher training I do like a lot of lectures and then we'll do a yoga class and then it's just like we'll drum and like play and like play yoga you know it's very playful Mm -hmm. so um I was doing those pre-pandemic quite often, and then once the pandemic hit, obviously, like, we weren't able to do that. Yeah. And so now I'm trying to get that ball rolling again.
0: Yeah. Next time, I'm bringing 20 people. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Yeah,
1: it's super fun.
0: I mean, Hano had, you had live musicians there. Yeah. So with the loops and doing the really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And you were playing on the drums. Yeah. And people would come up, and... At first, it was like, well, do I just go up to the metal? <laughs> yeah. Life, no <laughs> yeah. But it's also, like, an invitation... Yeah to play. Yeah. And to be free and to I think one of the main things that I that I've come to number one, learn and number two, really teach and it's like you have to enjoy your body. Oh yeah. You know, and and like it's como una expression, for me the body's like an expression of just the gratitude to be alive. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's what happens with yoga. Oh of course. Like I come in here, I would practice or even in my room when, when there was when there was just pre pandemic post pandemic I always mm-hmm. practice even if it's a little bit in my room uh, it just felt like just such an act of devotion yeah it's like prayers to me. of course you
1: know yeah
0: and you're breathing you're exhaling mm-hmm. and the next thing you know you're like it's like a whole adventure yeah and I find that you know this is something that you bring to the studio when you teach mm-hmm. you know?
1: yeah. I mean, yeah, and I appreciate that. That's really yeah. that's really profound in depth and deep. Um, you know, my teacher Dharma would always say, "Make every posture a prayer, mm-hmm. as an offering. You know, to whatever it is that you believe in. You know what I mean, or whatever ideal you have. Like, surrender it to to the Lord." He would say, and um, and so I've always kind of had that um, in my mind. So, like, there's there's a couple of really interesting things that I want to kind of share. Is that Yoga has a lot of information. A lot of people have written a lot of things about yoga. And you can read a book, you can, you know, jump on the internet and and do a lot of research and learn a lot about yoga. Um, Sort of like what you're talking about is like, the experience of of actually practicing the yoga is where the difference is. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's because we're using our physical bodies to sort of tap into something that's within us that we may be disconnected from. And I think that's what's really so impactful about the practice—is that like you touch and connect and reconnect with parts of who you are, and and the playfulness of it is like you you reconnect to like that child, right? That childlike wonder and awe and like just like joy of of just being, right? You know, you look at a child and they're just so happy to just be alive, right? Sure. And we lose a lot of that, and so yoga. I'm not not saying that yoga brings you to that place, but it taps you back into that. It reconnects you to some of that. Um, And the other thing is that, like, my teacher Dharma would always say that, like, the true teachings of yoga cannot be spoken about, cannot be taught. They have to be transmitted psychically, Mm. which is, I think, something that I have in my mind intentionally And so, like, you may not hear me speak about a lot of spirituality, but a lot of that transmits through just psychic energy, right? Just energetically. And I think it's something that I believe has an impact on my students. Um, When they come into that space, they feel a sense of spirituality where I'm not in there talking about God, you know, the whole time.
0: No, that's one of the things I like. I'm like, who do you know? isn't in there? telling stories and talk about it. He just gets to the point, starts breathing, the mantra purification, the um, and all of a sudden, and every time at the end of the class, it's like, what in the hell happened <laughs> here? You know? Wow. It's just so profound, and, and it's a simple class. Sure. I mean, you know, I do rocket yoga, I and and those mm-hmm. are all great, mm-hmm. but I've also found, and this is what I tell a lot of people that I work with too, it's like, um, Like yoga isn't just acrobatics and ashtanga. O sea, it's just getting there, and when you, when you find, and I know it's not always about the teacher. It's about mm. one person. But when you do find a teacher like you sure. that transmit that, it mm-hmm. totally makes sense now. Yeah. It's you see Yeah. You know, I get there. Sometimes I get there in a bad mood. Sometimes I'm like, "Yay, class!" Sometimes like nobody yeah. can talk to me. But it always just as long as you show up. But there's this transformation. So. Yeah. I um. And I, I don't think, you know, well, I mean, I'm very grateful for that. I mean, yeah. lately, this is why I'm like, maybe I should do a retreat with
1: us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Because I know you used to work with, um, I've seen you go to, like, uh. Sacred Sons. Yeah. Other men's groups. Mm-hmm. How'd you get into that? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I had followed the Sacred Sons um, just through Instagram. And I was always just like, oh, man, they're doing really cool, amazing right? work. And uh, I just had... Uh, an opportunity to go, uh, to one of their re- excursions or retreats here locally. Mm-hmm. And, um, it just was like very impactful. Uh, and from that point on, I was like, Oh, I need to be doing men's work too. Mm-hmm. So I do men's work, um, with, with my friend Donnie Starkins and, and Keith Donahue up at Trilogy Sanctuary here in La Jolla in San Diego. Um, and we do, um, men's circle yoga gatherings, um, and we're, we're, we're trying to be consistent on a monthly basis, but that's that work is powerful to be able to just connect with other men and and sort of break down these barriers and break down these walls and break down these identities that we're supposed to have. Right. Um, and just really tap into like men and 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 speak to them and say, like, hey, it's OK, you know what I mean? To be emotional. It's OK to like, you know to 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 express yourself in an emotional way sort of and so Mm -hmm. um that work in itself is is very very um powerful and i'm very passionate about it so we're continuing to do that work
0: and it's so cool to see because women's circles are all over the place sure you know but the men's circles are not as i know there's a bunch but maybe it's not just mainstream or not as accessible and Mm -hmm. you know to normalize it, cause see, yeah, you know, you, yeah. Can, you can cry, you can tap into it, you can feel, you yeah. can connect on a more intimate level. Of course, that's really cool.
1: Yeah, I think you know, I think that women, in 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 my sort of like experience, have always been able to connect with each other in such a deep way, um, and and men, we have that, but it's not like on that sort of emotional level. Unless you have, like, a real brother, you know what I mean? Like, somebody that's, like, a real brother. Um, but women, like, they can get together and, like, there's a lot of community within in, within women in itself. And so I think with men, we we sort of miss out on that. Um, and so, like, I think that taking, taking that example of, like, hey, like, let's just get together and, and talk and, and listen and be heard. And be able to express ourselves in a way where we're not feeling judged or like we have to do this to, to get better at that um, is, is very powerful. So it's very liberating. And, and again, like I'm really excited about that work and, and continuing it. Yeah. Um,
0: which is part of this because we're going to also have a retreat. <laughs> you know, like, um, you know, I've been doing a retreat for so long and it's always like, there's always, or a few men saying, "Well, what's up with the man? It's yeah. a woman. What's up with the man? It's mm-hmm. a woman." And um, I just never felt like it was my—I don't know. But now I'm realizing um, it's so important, and now to bring this balance in together. So it'll be Hano mm-hmm. and Julio, mm-hmm. and you know Virgil. I'll, there'll be other people coming on here on the podcast that'll be supporting the worked. I, I like to call it the worked male energy. Yeah, worked. Mm-hmm. You no, like connected to like embodied, yeah. and balanced out, and so yeah, it's gonna be great. Um, I was gonna ask you one more thing. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about the retreat in okay. itself. Like to be able to like bring that masculine, positive masculine um, identity and energy to that space and those circles. But, but you're right, like. In my experience, within just the yoga community, you know, it's 80% female Mm -hmm. and 20% male. Because again, like that work in itself is emotional, energetic. Those parts of as men, those parts of us that we tend to like suppress and and disassociate with and, and not identify with because of toxic masculinity and all of those things that we've been conditioned to. Be as as we you know were brought up.
0: In the culture. In the culture, of yeah, course. Yeah, 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 and it's um, it's just such important work. Yeah. You know, and just as it's important work for. I think like the more I see guys like you and even who are coming up through this and all these other men, mm-hmm. it helps the women that are really angry. <laughs> like I've been really angry. Sure. But, you know, growing up like. You can't do this, you can't do that. You have to wear dress, right, you have to mm-hmm. And then saying, no, I'm going to do what I want. Mm-hmm. And yes, you do what you want, and you have all your rights, but also it's really a lot of work to just be having to push, 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 push. Sure. I want to be, and I've learned to be, like, softer and being mm-hmm. held, you know, and just... Um, I don't want to be in my masculine all the time. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Me
1: yeah, and I think you're right. Like, I think that... As a culture in 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 our current time i feel like women like you're saying have had to step up and hold that masculine component down um, because you have a lot of men that grew up for example like myself like i grew up without a father Mm -hmm. you know you have a lot of men who didn't have role models who didn't have somebody they could say like hey this is what it is to be a man we have like all the ideas of what it is to be a man that we were fed, you know, through media, through, you know, through television and movies. And so, like, you know, you have this whole idea of, like, you have to be strong, you have to be macho and 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 you lose a part of who you are as a as a human being. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when you get to this place where, like, you're in a relationship or you're in a community, like you're not bringing your whole self to the table. And other people have to carry that weight for you. Mm-hmm. So, as a leader, like in a family in a household, um, if you're not yeah. leading, because that is masculine to yeah. lead, yeah. Um, if you're not leading in a healthy, positive way, then everybody else has to carry that load, right. and it falls upon usually the, the the woman in the family, right, the wife or the the partner, yeah. and they have to carry these sort of masculine traits. And, and it's like you said, it's tiring, it's exhausting. exhausting. And so like this men's work is to like call men out and not necessarily like call them out in a negative way, but like say like, Hey, like, what do we need to do to improve like our social structure within the places that we can have the impact on the most, which is our families and our communities? What are we lacking? What aren't we doing? What aren't we aware of? What aren't we seeing Mm -hmm. as men within ourselves? that we're putting that load on to everybody else around us.
0: Yeah, and also because of what, when you were saying some of that load doesn't just always fall on on the woman but like on the kids.
1: Of course. You know. Absolutely.
0: And the kids are like so worried about oh, this imbalance cuz you mm. can tell you can breathe the energetic of kid. Of course. I mean, I, I did. Yeah. So
1: um, they take the collateral damage. You know what I mean? Like it's like they're they're innocent bystanders in the scope of a man and a woman trying to like create a family and, and live in a community, right? Um and so as as men, we wanna be examples to our children. And it's not necessarily like, you know, my son's fourteen and and I can tell him till I'm blue in the face, like what I think he should be doing or what I think he should be thinking, but like I can only lead by example by showing him. Right. And I hope at one point he can see me and be like Oh, I see what you were doing. I see that now. You know what I mean? And like, that's, that's all I can do. I can obviously like teach him and show him and speak with him and connect with him. Right. But, um, I have to lead by example. example, Yeah. But yeah, the kids are the ones that like, they, they take, they take the brunt of it.
0: Take it all in. I know. Um, So it's important work. And I, you know, it's so funny because I was thinking. One of those, there's two things that I was, that I was thinking, like, I get really nervous when I'm, when I go to run a retreat, you know, mm-hmm. cause it's like 20-something people. Sure. Is, is it going to be, you know, enough people to help? And, but every time I, I'm in there, and you know, and I imagine this happens to a lot of people, right? Like, oh my God, why do I even do this? My metras because you know, because it's so much to contain. Yeah. And, and, you know, my retreats aren't necessarily, like, Resting, love, and light, you know, yeah. going in to do the work because yeah. I think it's important that we need to do transformation. There's lots of rest and containment and compassion but mm-hmm. you know, let's yeah. go. Yeah. You don't have time to waste. Yeah. And I, I was thinking, like, in the middle, right before the retreat started that I just finished this last weekend, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can do the one in May. I don't know if I can, you know. And then the whole the retreat happened, mm-hmm. and then Sunday, uh, the first thing I was like, oh, my gosh what else are we going to do with our lives Yeah. if we're not, you know, and this retreat is called The Village Waste. Yes. And I specifically figured that name, okay, I'm going to bring a village together mm. who's doing the work and who wants to do this change mm-hmm. in consciousness for the community. Mm-hmm. So, right, like, Hano, the yoga teacher, mm-hmm. part of the village, you know, Hula, my partner, part of mm-hmm. the village, because we've been creating this community of gathering. And then, you know, Sergio, my friend, who's this amazing chef, mm. and... Um, Virgil you know Shaman who was a medicine my friends from Mexico City that are you know they work with plant medicines and they do a lot of work in plant integration Mm -hmm. psychedelic integration therapies and and the DJ so it's like this whole bringing this community together of I guess they're my friends you know but really people that are aware that what else are we going to do if we're not offering a service to try to make it better for the of course not just for us and our friends and people that are coming, but for those that are coming up, like your 14-year-old son, yeah, and my 17-year-old son, yeah, and their kids, yeah, and their kids and their kids, right? So it's um. So now I'm 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 excited. I always get a little nervous. Of course, about, you know, of course. But um, but it's a beautiful space. It's this private beach with a super cool yoga studio. Mm-hmm. And there's it's the Muscan, you know, right? It's mm-hmm. a 10-minute walk from there, and mm-hmm. we're gonna have live music and. You're going to bring your drums, right? Yeah, so I'll bring a drum. Drumming. Of course, of <laughs> yeah. course, lots of drumming. So, yeah, that'll be exciting. I'll yeah, put the, and I'm going to put all the links on this podcast for, for Hano's Instagram, sure, and the webpage, and the yoga teacher training, yeah. and the retreat sign up, and everything. And you can follow Hano so that you can know when these men groups are happening. Yeah, S- send it to your partners. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> Para que vayan. yeah, um, yeah. Anything else you want
1: yeah I mean like like you said i'm I'm really excited to be a part of that community to be able to like bring in and and I think that what you're saying like you do these you do these retreats and like it's like man it's so much work and it's so much going into it, but like it's the work that's done there that like has an impact on people, and like it's transformational. And I think that is what is, like, rewarding. Like, we wouldn't be doing this type of work if we didn't get something from it. You know what I mean? And I think that, like, for me, the transformation that is occurring within myself is that I get to, like, share space with beautiful people and, and see people's journeys and see people's, like, lives and and, and really get an authentic look at, at, at human beings. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, I think that is just, like, tremendous and, and such a beautiful, beautiful, like, blessing and gift.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I, yeah, you're right. It's, I don't, you know, I don't think about how incredibly powerful it has been for me to show up to some of these retreats mm-hmm. that I've been to or the trainings yeah. I've been to. Um, or doing specific workshops that I come home like, whoa, that was so powerful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it's true that not everybody has, like, you know, there are two or three girls that went to this to this last retreat, mm-hmm. especially one called me already, like, when is the May one? I have to go. <laughs> yeah. You know, just the power of moving the breath and being, mm. I teach a lot of embodiment and mm-hmm. trauma. And, but yoga is embodiment, you guys. Yoga is it's just todo lo que es, but, yep. but not todo lo que es, but it's, I have this idea that People think you're going to be up in this bliss, you know, and it's like, everything's to the body. Yeah. At least right now it is.
1: It is. You're right. At least right now it is.
0: You know, who knows where we're going and you can tap into those moments. Sure. But, but, you know, feel your toes, Mm -hmm. your nose. Yeah. Feel your heart. Yeah. Listen to that breath Mm -hmm. and then come back to the present because all of this spiritual bypassing and I can do these meditations and I go all the way to Hawaii and back. (laughs) Okay. But I really, I really enjoy washing the dishes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and just looking out the window and there's this plant, you know, just, yeah. So it's through the body. Yeah. And I guess it's through this work and through Mm -hmm. these practices that you get to see it so simple. Yeah. Or at least that's what's happened for me. Of course.
1: I agree. I agree. Um,
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. So thank you, everybody, for listening. I don't know how long we've been here, but I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you guys uh, showing up and sharing this podcast. Send it to your friends. Follow Hano. Sign up for the retreat. Sign up for the yoga teacher (laughs) training. And we'll see you guys next time.